Our season preview of the Heat roster continues as we look at each player's potential impact, a big question that defines their season, and much more, including the one question every Heat fan has ever asked at one point or another. What type of cheesecake is Jimmy Butler? We finally solved that mystery and many more on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Holbrook. Joining me as always is Dave Grinnell. However you're tuning in, YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. We're in the middle of our player season preview series on our last episode we talked about kyle lowry and tyler hero today we're looking at jimmy butler and haywood highsmith we ask the big question facing each player look at their best and worst case scenarios for the season decide if they're going to be in or out of the rotation and then look ahead to what we'll be saying about them this time next year before deciding which cheesecake factory menu item represents them the best we're going to start david with the star of the team jimmy butler What's your big question for Jimmy Butler going into the season? <laughs> it feels like I've asked this question every offseason since the Orlando bubble, basically his first season in Miami, which is how much does Jimmy Butler have left to prove? You know, like how much can he provide mm. next season? And I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it just doesn't. And I know that eventually it will, and I just don't know how much longer Heat fans can continue to expect Jimmy Butler in his prime and playing to the same level that we saw last offseason. Like we saw what happened, and I know that there was the the freak occurrence um, in, in against the New York Knicks that led to his his injury, and that maybe took away some of his explosiveness and, and just the the ball he was rolling on uh, as he was cruising through the playoffs against the Bucks, etc. Whether or not it would have continued all the way through the NBA Finals, but like we've seen Jimmy kind of take games off during the regular season, not necessarily, you know. I wanted to go so far as to say not caring about the regular season as much, but not re- realizing that it's a, a marathon and not a sprint and having to save himself for that postseason. And, and he's fallen short every time, you know, basically. So yeah. how much longer can Miami Heat fans count on Jimmy Butler being in his prime? My big question is somewhat related to your question. Mine is how much help can the Heat give him in this regular season? Because the goal is the postseason, right? For him, he's been in Miami now for four seasons. He averages 58 games played in his four seasons. In fact, the 64 that he played this last year was the most he's ever played in a Miami Heat uniform in the regular season. That's not a lot, man. So he's averaging 58 games a season. The Heat have a winning percentage of 62% in Jimmy Butler's game. So that's about 36 wins that you can basically count on each year with Jimmy Butler. That's pretty good, but the big thing, where do those other 10 to 15 wins come from to get a decent playoff seed? If you're getting 36 wins, you need 10 to 15 more wins to get a decent seed in the playoffs. 10 to 15 wins in 24 games, again, going off these averages, if he's playing an average of 58 games a year out of 82, that's that's why my question is, who steps up? Who's helping when Jimmy Butler specifically isn't even playing? Who lets Jimmy Butler Not even play 64 games. What if Jimmy wants to play 55 games in a season? What if that's the goal so that he can save himself for the playoffs? Who is stepping up in those 
20, 30 games, 20 to 30 games that Jimmy Butler is just simply not playing on the second night of back-to-backs, taking a week off because his knee is bothering him, whatever it might be, because this is what he does. Is it going to be Bam Adebayo? Is it going to be Tyler Hero? Is it going to be Damian Lillard? Like that, that is my biggest question facing the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler because they need to get him the help. He can't do it all on his own. Yeah, it's it's basically what it comes down to is you know, Jimmy he is Miami's best player right now, but I don't know how much longer they can continue to rely on him to be the fulcrum of everything mm. and and tied to their success that way. Like he he defines so much of what Miami has accomplished for the last four seasons. And if I the roster know- stays the same right now, you brought up a really interesting point. I hadn't thought about it before. If the if the roster stays the same right now, and let's just say for the next several years, which would be a disaster, but let's just say that that's the case. At what point does Bam Adebayo eclipse Jimmy Butler as the Miami Heat's best player, do you think, based on how old they are and all the things? I think as soon as two seasons from now. I know some people aren't particularly Not high season, on but the upcoming, the, the following yeah. season. 24, okay. 25 season. Yeah, I think it's, it's I think I, I'd be with I think I agree with you on that. What's the best case scenario for Jimmy Butler? That he is a top five player in terms of MVP candidacy. Uh, we've oh. seen that from him. Yeah, I, I think he can be that. Like the numbers speak so highly of what Jimmy does. Like we look at you know the nut games played, then we see him rise to incredibly historic levels during the postseason, and you kind of shrug off and blow off what he does during the regular season. But the numbers, the analytics show so much impact when he does play in terms of his defense what he creates for others shot efficiency getting to the free throw line etc like there are many metrics that have him like as a top 5 10 player on any given season mm-hmm. so to me i know there's a minimum requirement in terms of like postseason awards but if he can meet that requirement and still be considered and still impactful over that stretch I don't see why he couldn't be viewed as a top five player even during the regular season because I think his game is kind of built for it. You know, he doesn't necessarily – like I know he likes kind of bully ball and things of that sort, but at the same time he's kind of been able to play through whatever minor nagging injuries and uh, have piled up over the course of his career, especially in the postseason. I don't know. Maybe it's just wishful thinking, but that's what the best What would it take is. for the Heat for, – for Jimmy Butler – to be even in the MVP race. Cause this is not a guy that has really been talked about in terms of MVP. Like the heat would have to be one of the top two seeds in the Eastern conference. Probably. I think, I think that it, the little trade would not be finalized. He'd have to play 70 games. It'd have to be at least a two seed, maybe even higher. And he would have to probably up his scoring averages See, too. I, I, I don't view that as Jimmy Butler's best case scenario. Like if oh. he has to win the regular season MVP, something has gone really wrong for Miami. Like, I don't see that as the being that to me, I, I know that Jimmy Butler is a guy that to your point, the advanced stats tend to capture like the, 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 the box plus minuses and all these things tend to capture his value in terms of just plus whatever. Yeah. Um, the counting stats don't really, but the counting like capture his value, but they do tell a story with Jimmy Butler and the story that the counting stats do tell is just how hard he's trying. Right. When there, there's a level of, I always say this to Jimmy Butler in the regular season, He's going, he's going 55 and a 65 on the highway, right? He's all the way in the right lane, and he's cruising, and he has he's not in any rush to get to his destination. And the playoffs come in, and he moves over, merges over to the left lane. He's in the express, and he's pedal to the metal. He's going 90, and he's just hoping the cops don't pull him over, right? That's that's And that's the difference. And I think you could tell just based on the box score which mode Jimmy Butler is in, even if it doesn't oh, capture yeah. his whole value. And so I just have this as his best-case scenario. 
He averages 22, six and six in the regular season, plays 60 to 65 games, and he's healthy in the playoffs. That to me is a perfectly coasted regular season, 22, six and six, get to the play a normal amount of games, help Miami avoid the playing tournament and just get in with a decent seed into the playoffs. And then hit the express lane, 90 miles an hour in the playoffs. Let's go. That to me is the best case scenario. So it's just slightly better than what he's been over the last couple of seasons, basically. It's about 22, six and six. I I rounded up on a couple of things, but it's, it's basically 22, six and six. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly better than what he's been. Um, Worst case scenario. To me, it's the beginning of the end. Like we start to see Jimmy break down. Do we start to see? Yeah. It's a very realistic fear and possibility you know, I, I've said it many times before, like even before his first season with Miami, there were just moments where he, you know, this we're talking four years ago, and he limped like a man that was twice his age, and yet somehow he's managed to play through it. Uh, at some point, does he just say, I, I can't play through it? And we see him like living life to the fullest during these off seasons. Like everybody has this vision of him, you know, dribbling at 3 a.m. in the Orlando bubble and things of that sort. But he, here he is playing, you know, as a ball boy at the U.S. Open, doing whatever he can, going on international trips, dating Shakira. Who knows if that's still going on? I don't know. I, I'm not up on the latest tabloid reporting Jimmy Butler's uh, relationships there. But, like, he he has a lot to do. He wants to spend time with his daughter, right? Like, that's a big part of yeah. what drives him. At some point, does he just say, man, I can't take this. I know I wanted to win a ring. I, you know that I'm competitive as hell. I just can't do this anymore. Uh, he's 33 years old. Just turned 33. Uh, or he will, I'm sorry, he, he's about to turn 34. He's about to turn 34. Um, I forgot what day it was for a second. Um, <laughs> it, my thing is, does do we start to see the decline? I don't think he's close to retiring. I don't think that he's close to that. Like, if he retired now, it would be a little bit like Calvin Johnson, just like Barry Sanders, uh. Barry Sanders, Andrew Luck. It would be a little weird. Uh, but do we start to see the decline? Because I think that's fair. We know how many miles he has, how many playoff minutes he's played. The low and not, not even the, go beyond the minutes, just how hard he's had to work. Like the Jimmy Butler has said, his greatest skill is that he outworks every opponent he faces. Well, at some point, that that bill's gonna need to get paid, right? And so I don't know when it happens. I'll tell you this though, I think he's in great shape. Oh, I yeah. think he's in great shape. You're talking about the limping and all that stuff. That was definitely prevalent kind of earlier in his days in Miami. I think being in Miami, being part of like that heat culture has almost reinvigorated his body to a certain degree. Uh, he look, about he was the broken down by the Brinkley. finals and stuff. Yeah. But, like, I, there's a lot of stuff that I, I think he's in, in as great shape as he's ever been. And I was looking last year. One of the one of the, the, the indicators I look at to kind of view a guy's athleticism and whether or not it's sort of starting to decline at all yeah. is just their number of dunks, right? A player who dunks will dunk a lot and then won't dunk as much when he starts to lose that athleticism. You think about somebody like Blake Griffin, who had, I think, one dunk all of last season versus like 100, like a season when he started. Like, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Jimmy Butler had, uh, where was it here? It was a lot of breakaway. 55 dunks last year. Yeah, but the breakaway, you could just, if if you don't got the knees anymore, you could just lay Lay it up. up. He had 55 dunks last year. That was actually over his career average of 45 a season. Like, he that that athleticism is starting to go, but when it happens, it happens, and it just no happens. And so that's the thing: is when does it happen? That would be the worst case scenario is that we see it happen quickly, in, out, or TBD in terms of a spot in the rotation. I think he's in. I think he's got a good shot at starting. <laughs> I think he's in, even if he does decline a little bit. Um, all right, coming up, we do the same exercise with Haywood Highsmith. Can he actually oh, earn boy. a starting job? 
And what's his worst-case scenario? Could be pretty bad. It's coming up next year on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season. Well, it's already kicked off. It gets incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Sign up right now, and new customers can get $5. If you bet $5, you get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday tickets from YouTube. That's an unbelievable deal. That's that's, that's a one-stop shop. Get ready for the NFL season. I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. Now is the best time, man. So you, you signed up at just the right moment. Join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props, so much more. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Seriously, you spend $5 and then you get $100 off of the, the new ticket on, on YouTube yeah. TV, which is going to be amazing. Like, that's, like. that's $95 of savings. Like, why wouldn't – that's a no-brainer. That's free money, yeah. people. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Every day, tune in later this week for our discussion on Kevin Love, Kayla Martin, what the Heat are going to do at Power Forward this season. One of the players who could factor into that conversation is Haywood Highsmith. David, what's your big question facing Haywood Highsmith this season? You know, it's not anything earth-shattering, and yet I, I think not. it's – no, I mean, in terms of, like, the big question, like, you, you want something maybe that kind of, like, breaks paradigms a little bit or kind of makes you uncomfortable, as Eric Spolster would like to say. We like that kind of chaos in the locker room, et cetera. But, no, to me, it's just a simple question. When you're looking at Haywood Highsmith and whatever potential he might have displayed over the last couple of seasons, this is a do-or-die situation for him in his NBA career. Is he a reliable customer? I'm sorry. Is he a, re- a reliable customer? Is he a reliable contributor? He has to be able to prove that he can be – a, a night in night out player who can make an impact for in a number of ways, not just the occasional defensive display, the occasional right. shot falling, things of that sort. He has to be a reliable contributor. I've got three words. Will he play? Yeah, that's it. That's my big question. Will he play? Yeah. I don't know. And we covered this in uh, a couple weeks ago and we talked about sort of the things that every player on the heat needs to improve. And it comes down to his corner three point shot. And that gets to my best case scenario for him. He develops yep. that corner three and he gets to play. He shot yeah. 31% from the corners last year. And specific to the corners, the reason I bring that up, I think Haywood Highsmith could start for the heat at power forward. I think when yeah. we're talking about Kevin Love, Caleb Martin, Nikola Jovich, all the options that they have, Haywood Highsmith is one of those options. He will be a factor in training camp and he will have an opportunity to win the starting power forward job. I believe that. The defense is great. We know that. He is a NBA-ready defender right now. Right. He's got the wingspan. He's got all these things. He studies P.J. Tucker film. But if he wants to be P.J. Tucker, he needs to develop the three-point shot the way that P.J. Tucker did. When P.J. Tucker didn't have the three-point shot, he was playing in Greece. He got the three-point shot, got an NBA tryout, got back into the NBA, hasn't left. Right? Yeah. And so that's the difference. When you're talking about Hayward Highsmith and his career – it's kind of similar. Like it's at a crossroads right here. Can you make that corner three and help space the floor and just do something on offense? Because if you can't in today's NBA, you're just not an NBA player, right? We could find other guys who are long and could try hard on defense. We could find those guys, but you got to kind of do it on both ends. What's your best case scenario? Emerges as a starter and a legit shooter. That's basically it. It, it, That's what it boils down to. Yeah, Yeah. He's got to be 
on the floor. He's got to be able to be a guy that you can count on. And, and the P.J. Tucker comparisons, I know he's made it to us. I know that's a, he's been kind of followed that pattern over the course of his he career. He watches film still. Yeah, I mean, he is that type of player. Uh, he's got the right size with the right mentality and everything else like that. I don't know. He doesn't seem – maybe I'm, I'm kind of speaking out of turn here, but I, I don't think he has that same kind of dog mentality that Tucker does. Like, Tucker well, was, nobody does. <laughs> Tucker's one well, of one. <laughs> I, yes, maybe. But You're I, right. I just, no, I, we talked about this in the, in, in the regular season. It always seems like with Haywood Highsmith, if he got one three-pointer or made one good play early in the game – He made his first he shot. He was feeling game. it. Yeah. He had that confidence. Yeah. But that yep. confidence could leave him in any moment, um, and, and especially if he started off on the wrong foot, and then like that, the game would just sort of go south for him, and he wouldn't make much right. of an impact. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. To expect him to be PJ Tucker in all the ways that PJ Tucker is PJ Tucker is unfair to Haywood Highsmith. He has to kind of be his own version of that. Um, but I have the same exact best case scenario. I think if that that three point shot comes along, he makes it at a 38 percent clip, and he starts. That is the, the a realistic best case scenario because when we're talking about best case scenarios throughout this whole exercise, we want to keep it realistic. Like best case scenario for us would be like we win the lottery right now. It's not necessarily <laughs> realistic. We want to keep it realistic. Um, worst case scenario for Haywood Smith. never turns a corner, just uh, kind of stagnates. Maybe even takes a step down and just never becomes a shooter and or a contributor on this roster that needs depth, especially if they're going to be able to if they're going to be trading away a number of players for Damian Lillard. Three point shot never comes. And he's out of the rotation, and he gets Kaziak Pollard, and it was yep. a thing that never, never happened. And and yep. the Heat have had not to throw Kaziak Pollard under the bus, but like they've had a no, number of guys years? like that over the years, right? And like by the way, every team has like this guy shows a ton of promise, it doesn't necessarily pan out. I mean, even Omer Yurtsevin might be the latest case of that, right? So much promise doesn't necessarily pan out, and he's on another team, and maybe out of the like he's actually on another team, but who knows? With Highsmith, his neck, uh, he's in Utah now. No, uh, you're, you're seven. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. Akpala, he's out. No, no, Akpala's out. Yeah. So yeah. it's um, for Highsmith, that's sort of what's at stake right now. He, this is his last year under contract. He could be, re, he'll be a restricted free agent next year. But he don't yeah. have to bring him back, right? They don't have to exercise that or extend that qualifying offer. So, um, worst case scenario is that that's what's that, 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 that shot never develops. They can't find a, a role for him. And he's either traded by the deadline and is part of some other deal just to offload him like they did with Casey Akpala or, or he's a free agent and, and just doesn't make it in the NBA um, yeah. next year. So that's worst case uh, in out or TBD. Jeez, this is an impossible one to answer. Uh, I, I think he's in just mm. because I think he has the, the kind of versatility and the number of tools that, that they like. They, they, the heat doesn't typically, and you bring up Akpala and I think that's the most glaring case that I've seen since I've been following the team, really, but they don't typically invest this amount of time in a player that they don't believe in. He might not make it. He might not turn that corner, but I, they believe that he can, and that's why I think he's got a good shot of locking in a spot in the rotation. Not saying he could, play, he could play both forward spots, um, which is helpful for him. Yeah. I have him as a like a tentative in. Right. And yeah. I actually wanted to go bold and I'm a little surprised you said in. I thought you would say TBD. I've got him as a tentative in, which is less bold than what you did, uh, evidently. But he's going to be competing not with Caleb Martin and Kevin Love because those guys are in, in. Those guys are in. Right. Yeah. He's competing with Jaime Hakez and Nikola Jovic for spots at the forward spots. Um, but since he can play both, I just, and, and because those guys are unproven and Hayward Heisman is a little bit 
more developed than them and we know has an NBA ready skill right now in terms of being an above average defender. Um, I, 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 I tend to think that he's just going to get on the court and we've seen guys like Derek Jones Jr. as an example, like just good enough defensively where Spo just feels like he has to play him. And I just feel like Spo's going to feel like he has to play Haywood Highsmith um, yeah. this year, especially if a, a Lillard trade gets done and the Heat lose a little bit of depth. And when you're talking about building around Damian Lillard, you need as much defender, as many defenders, wing defenders as possible. And Haywood Highsmith could be one of those guys. So um, I think in tentatively. Um, all right. In with pencil, maybe. In with pencil. Um, what Cheesecake Factory menu item is Jimmy Butler and Haywood Highsmith? We're headed to the Cheesecake Factory yeah. after this. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app every day. Tune in later this week for our discussion on Kevin Love, Caleb Martin, and what the Heat will do at starting power forward this season. Before we get to the Cheesecake Factory, David, we have our first category of this segment. What are we saying about these players this time next year? In other words, let's pretend it's our 2024 season preview for Jimmy Butler. What's our big question for Jimmy then? For a fifth season running, my question will be, can he keep it going? Because <laughs> I think that is just the ongoing concern and will be for the rest of Jimmy's career. But the reason why I would ask that next season is because he's going to have yet another strong season. So I remain optimistic that it'll be closer to what we envision in terms of the best case scenario. Like he's going to be a productive player during the regular season. He's going to be a very good player during the regular season and an even better player during the postseason. And you wonder yet again, how much longer can he keep it going? That's the question for next season. I'm going big with my question, David. Oh, oh boy. In 2024, we're going to be asking, does Jimmy Butler belong in the NBA's top 75 ranking? Do we have to redo it? <laughs> And get Jimmy Butler in there because wow. he's going to have a ring and that changes the equation. Wow. I love it. Good stuff. I thought it was going to be like in context of like the heat is like, is he in Miami's Mount Rushmore? Thing he can do the same thing. If he, if he, if he comes away with that ring, by the way, that is not my official season prediction. I just, I wanted to have some fun with this question, but look, no, no, if it's it another is, it is. strong it's... year, if Damian Lillard comes to this team and the Heat do what is, what it is that they want to do, Jimmy Butler's not in the top 75 ranking. The way his career has gone, there's no way he could. We're talking about a guy who could be in the Hall of Fame. Once you're in the Hall of Fame, that conversation is open, right? I mean, who, who and you was look left at the bottom of that list. Like, who who's left off? Who were the, the names? Kyrie. No. Jimmy Butler ranks higher than Kyrie, I think, all time. Yeah, no, that, yeah, not I mean, to Kyrie the Kyrie has the championship. You 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 subtract the ring. Jimmy Butler's had a much better career than Kyrie Irving, and it's not even close. I know, I know. It's not you're even right. Close. Yeah, you're right. Because one actually has been problematic in every team he's played for. And one plays. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing, too. In the yeah. playoffs. Like, Kyrie Irving doesn't even really do that. Um, all right. Uh, that's my question. Uh, our 2024 question for Haywood Highsmith. What do you got? We're not asking one because he won't be on the roster next season because he'll be uh, parlaying this great season of his with the Miami Heat into an offseason contract. Uh I think he's going to be a fantastic San Antonio Spur. <laughs> um, I'm going the opposite of you. Oh, wow. 
now that the Heat picked up him as a or re-signed him as a restricted free agent, is he ready to replace Caleb Martin? Ooh. That's my question for Haywood Highsmith. Nice. In 2024. Caleb Martin, he could decline that player option. If all goes well for Caleb Martin, he will decline that player option. Will be online for a big raise, probably somewhere else because Miami is sort of somewhat limited into what they can even offer him. And so if he is playing somewhere else, they're going to be looking at guys like Haywood Highsmith, uh, perhaps even like a Jamal Cain, uh, Marcus Garrett, maybe, who I think is still in the pipeline in Sioux Falls somewhere. I don't know that he's signed. So I don't know. They're going to be looking at other options. Jaime Hakez, obviously, to yeah. try to, if he's not part of a little trade, whatever. Um, Highsmith might be the guy that they are looking at to potentially replace Caleb Martin in terms of like perimeter forward who comes off the bench and does stuff. Um, and like I said, they have this qualifying offer and restricted for agent rights. All right, let's get to the fun part. Let's head to the Cheesecake Factory. What Cheesecake Factory menu item best represents Haywood Highsmith? I, <laughs> I've got him as the uh, egg roll sampler. It's an appetizer that is on the uh, menu there, the rather extensive menu with over 3,000 items. Uh, I, I'm looking at right now a variety of all of our rolls, including an avocado roll, a Tex-Mex roll, a cheeseburger spring roll, and chicken taquito. Why? Because it's just a little bit of everything, and I don't know if I could – if you're eating this like heavily fried food, I don't know if you can differentiate between one flavor and the other. It just becomes fried goodness, which is totally fine. And at the same time, I don't know if any of it stands out. It kind of leaves you wanting more. That's what Haywood's career has been up to this point. And I think that's where he where he is as a menu item and as a heat player. My stance on a cheeseburger egg roll <laughs> is my same stance as cheeseburger pizza. Do you want a cheeseburger or do you want an egg roll? Do you want a cheeseburger or do you want pizza? Pick and order that. You don't want both. It's ridiculous. Um, wow. That's un-American. I'm also <laughs> – it's – crazy man um i also had an appetizer i had a quesadilla for haywood Smith. nice because Solid. it's an appetizer it is make no mistake a quesadilla is an appetizer especially at the cheesecake factory but it could be your main dish it could be a starter in a pinch and that's yep. how i view haywood highsmith he's a quesadilla if you really need him to start for you if you really need him to be your main dish he can do it in a pinch but you'd prefer not to. He's optimally probably an appetizer or whatever that version of that is on the Heat's roster, a rotation backup player. Can you make a bad quesadilla? Like, have you ever had a bad quesadilla? I, I well, have I had a bad quesadilla? I don't know that I have. I used to make yeah. myself, uh, like, the, the late night drunk food uh, sure. in college for me was um, uh, black bean and uh, cheese quesadillas. I used to make that for myself. Wow. I, I, oighty toity, black bean in there. I thought it was like lunch meat or something like that. I was like, oh, no, that's so, what I'm uh, saying. We didn't have just we didn't have like ground beef just around. Oh. I was just like just canned bean, canned black beans okay. from Goya. So not too hoity toity. No, no, <laughs> just like whatever Mexican blend cheese I bought from the Publix two weeks before that. That might have may Cream not cheese. have still been good. <laughs> Craft singles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like authentic. With whatever authentic Taco Bell sauce I had lying around for however long, I would just pour. I that found out. a packet in the cushion, in the couch cushions. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it. I, I, it's happened. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, bad case of deals don't exactly exist. Um, all right, let's do our cheesecake factory menu item for our friend Jimmy Butler. What do you got? Oh, you know, kind of. Uh... Not something you'd expect given his health regime and everything else, but I've got Jimmy Butler as the cookie dough lover's cheesecake. 
I know how you love cookie dough. Uh, and just like that, Jimmy Butler, it's just an acquired taste, not for everybody. He's in a different kind of player. But I, I kind of view it like he has his, his season. You know, he, he kind of, it's, you save the best for last, right? You get the cheesecake. You go to Cheesecake Factory, you got to eat a cheesecake. And that's what Jimmy does in the postseason. He saves the best for last, but it's not for everybody. And it's not even quite the best cheesecake either. Jimmy's not the best player in the NBA, but, you know, he's one of one. He's ours, and we love him for it. He's like the pumpkin spice latte on the Starbucks menu. He's seasonal. He shows up for a couple months out of the year, and everybody wants him. Nobody can get enough. You can't get enough of him, uh, but we're not right. doing the Starbucks menu. Either. We're doing the cheese. I have the same thing. Like, I have the same logic as you. I don't have him as cheesecake. I have him as fish and chips, but I literally have not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. But if you like it, you really like it. Like people who right. like fish and chips are like devout chip fish and chips. Like people who like fish and chips will almost always order fish and chips if it's on the menu. Nobody's like lukewarm on fish and chips. It's either the best thing ever and they're super excited about it or you just don't really ever order it. And I'm more kind of like I think fish and chips is really overrated and I don't usually Ooh. ever order it. Right. But people who love fish and chips love fish and chips. Have you, would you ever try a cookie dough cheesecake? I mean, I know how you feel about cookie dough, but no. like mix into a cheesecake already, like it's not acceptable enough. Would I ever try it if I'm at the cheesecake factory and I've had maybe a couple of drinks and somebody at the table orders it? I would consider grabbing my spoon and giving it a try, but I don't know that I would ever have more than one bite. Your your wife orders it. I mean, how does she? How, what's her stance on on uh, cookie dough? For long term listeners, like we had built built bar as one of our sponsors for a long time, and every time I would mention the cookie dough built bar, like the face of horror and repulsion on your face. Just, even though that one's pretty good. My problem with my problem with cookie dough, and people have heard this, but if you're a newer listener, my problem with cookie dough is you're wasting a better you're wasting an opportunity to have a better dessert. Just put that stuff in the oven, and then you got cookies. Chocolate a chocolate chip cookie to me is a top yeah. one dessert. It is the elite of the elite desserts. It is the best dessert. It is reliable. You know what you're getting. A great chocolate chip cookie is unbeatable. And you're just sitting here with just raw cookie dough for no reason. Just pop that in the oven and make something. Listen to this description. A creamy cheesecake loaded with our chocolate chip pecan cookie dough. Ooh. Top with cookie dough frosting. Like I, I well, The pecan cheesecake? part of that I like. I love pecan pie. But that's it. Yeah, but that's not even like it's just like like it's just like pecan nuts on there. Like the, the texture is not even that's great true. there. It's just like you got this mushy cookie dough within like the granulated pecans. That's why it's not for everybody. It's probably hella good. Like I mean, at the same time, yeah. I just don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who would go out of their way to order it. I like that we both have the same logic here. Just find something on the menu that's very niche, not for everybody. But if you like it, it's delicious and it's your favorite thing. Because people who like cookie dough, like almost only eat cookie dough won't, won't eat like just a regular cookie they're like why did you cook this cookie dough they have like the you opposite take of me <laughs> yeah. it's like an overdone steak right it's like oh this cookie i want it raw <laughs> it's like my cookie dough cookie. is well done <laughs> why'd you do that um yeah. all right uh that was fun uh we'll do it again with kevin love and caleb martin i'm sure that one's gonna be interesting but for now thanks for making lockdown heat your first listen Every day, every day, or tune in later this week for our discussion on Kevin Love, Caleb Martin, what the Heat are going to do at Power Forward next season. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. And David, I'll see you at the Cheesecake Factory. Absolutely.